Literature and Psychology by Dr. Saideh Malik Afzali, Dr. Daniel Rockers, and Dr. Alex Andrade from Tabana Organization. Tabana is a non-profit mental health organization organized in Sacramento, California. Tabana seeks to help individuals and families to strengthen their capabilities and to thrive. Aired on Saturdays and Sundays from 12 to 1 o'clock weekly. I don't... A very warm hello to our Radio Bombdad listeners. I'm sitting with Dr. Daniel Rockers and Dr. Alex Andrade, two of my colleagues from Tavana Nonprofit um, Psychological Organization. Uh, today, we want to talk about workplace and um, workspace. Uh, we know that after pandemic, uh, the telehealth um, uh, for the people with the uh, medical field or psychological field became very popular because it was another choices with the pandemic and uh, many people even in large organizations they started working from home and as we're talking still many organizations and many offices still are not forcing people to come back to work or some they just go back to workplace one or two days but the rest of the people still have choice of working from home or going to the office but as i talk to many people in different level of work um, majority prefer um, the new system of working from home and having this choice because a lot um, is being done as I talk to people they feel like they especially people who have other commitment like children um, they have to cook in the middle of everything else and they can do different tasks as uh, we're um, you know, talking about working. So we want to start with that. And I want to see what Dr. Rockers has to say about this workspace and workplace. I was cleaning my office or rearranging my office over the weekend. I always had this feeling like, oh, I don't like where my desk is placed at the, the energy or the feng shui doesn't feel right. And so I moved a lot of stuff around. And the way I like to clean a room is to or rearrange a room is get everything out of the room or almost everything out and then begin placing things back in one by one. I don't like clutter. I want things to be fairly simple and I need there to be space on my desk. For me, that just helps my mind be clearer. And I like it when the one thing on my desk is the thing I'm working on. And then when I get done, I can get that off and get some other thing on there. So my thinking on this is I'd like to start off by asking each of you, well, what is your workspace like? How do you like your workspace? What feels comfortable for you? And then what do you think it says about you? I think the workplace says a lot about you. You know, are you a collector? Are you a person working with clutter? Um, and, and I think um, the way you set up your desk and your room to work always talks about you. 
uh, especially with different genders, you know, usually women, as much as I know, working in different offices, they usually like to decorate their office differently. And usually they have little um, ornaments, I mean, type or little um, paintings and different um, artifacts that reminds them of different places they've been or their culture, whatever, the family um, culture. And um, men usually have simpler uh, setup. So um, I want to say that, yes, it says a lot about who you are, the color of the room, the way you clean your desk, and you have just maybe, as you said, one thing to work on and you don't clutter your desk. Um, it tells a lot. But what about yourself? Can you make a personal statement or is that too personal? Um, I don't wish to reveal it. Just say good or fine if that's the case. I'm always cluttered. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> why you were holding time. back and giving those generalities. <laughs> I thought, she's just saying things like men this and women that. <laughs> this kind of this well, you know, it's funny. I, I have a hard time to get um, rid of notes and things. And I always feel like, what if I needed this, you know, information one day? What if I need this? And then sure enough, after a long time when I go back to them I don't even know what they are so I just throw them away and I go why didn't I do that when I was cleaning up my room I was just thinking oh this is so and so who did this and then this information this package is this and then I keep everything and then I love having a clear desk and it doesn't happen sometimes you know maybe one day when I clean everything I do have it, but still I keep things and I don't know, probably you guys can do some sort of therapy so I can <laughs> correct this. <laughs> I need well, therapy. <laughs> I, no, I think there's an, uh, you're making an assumption that that way might be wrong. And I don't think it's necessarily wrong. Well, because I, think, I don't like it myself. Okay. That um, was my next question yeah, is, do you, yeah. are you okay with it? If you're okay with it, then... No, I love when I go to places that I see there's nothing on people's desk. It's only one thing, as you said, they're working on. And I often think, what do they do with the printout or, or things that they have? Do they throw it away? Do they file them? I do have files with um, index uh, names and, and everything and important stuff are filed. But I often keep everything. And you know what? Honestly, it's been time that it's saved my life or other people keeping some stuff. They go, oh, you know what? I remember. I know I have that document and I go and I find it. But, you know, rarely that may happen. So I don't know. Maybe you guys can help me uh, clean up my place better. I worked um, with a guy or I subleased office space from this law firm. And one of the attorneys in that law firm had the cleanest and least cluttered office of anyone I've ever seen. All flat surfaces were clean. He had a computer on his desk. That was it. You walk past his office any weekend and those surfaces were all clean. And that, I had the same question you did, like, where do you keep 
all your stuff. (laughs) How do you do that? Yeah. Anyway, it's kind of, for me, I keep that image as an inspiration for myself. Alex, what about you? Where do you, where do you land on all this thing? In the middle, I think. Yeah. I, I think of the term organized chaos. Like I know my piles, I know what's in them. I know which ones I need to clean up and organize a little bit better. Uh, I shift things around a little bit. So I feel like they look a little cleaner, but, uh, yeah, for the most part, I like it to be tidy for sure. Uh, but it's, uh, definitely different at my working at home space than it is my in-person office too. Uh, interesting. My in-person office kind of like Saide was referencing, I don't have a lot of personal mementos. Like I have little trinkets and things like that, that are you know representative or symbolic of things that I've you know, experience or things that I've gone through. I have this little like pineapple guy in my office that I've had since I was like 20 years old. I have one of those, um, one of those rocks that's like purple. I can't remember what it's called. It's like a nice, uh, it was a gift from a patient and I've had that for, for years and years. Uh, but yeah, I don't keep like pictures or anything really too personal, uh, in What's my a office. Pineapple guy. He's a little what pineapple guy. He's a little pineapple guy. He's like probably like three inches tall. He has like little, these little, um, it's, it's like I made out of wood. It's got these little uh, arms and legs that are attached by strings. Uh, yeah. I have to take a picture of him and send him to you sometime. Yeah. He's a like, cool little pineapple guy. Yeah. He's like a pineapple that is a person. Or yeah. A person? Yeah. It's a, it's a pineapple guy. He's uh, it's a pineapple and he has a face and yeah, it's uh yeah. My random little pineapple guy. I got it when I was like 20 years old working for the state of California uh, as a gift. And I've just had it. So a lot of those things, I guess it's a little personal. A lot of those things are gifts that I have, but I know what they represent. Most people don't mm-hmm. know what they represent, um, whether it's from friends or from patients, but yeah, maybe like a handful of those things uh, in my uh, space at home. I'm actually very intentional and conscientious about where I sit uh, different during different uh, things that I'm working on. So for example, when we record remotely uh, for, for this show, uh, I sit in a particular chair. You guys probably recognize the background when I'm sitting in that chair. Uh, however, when I'm eating dinner, I sit in a different chair because uh, I do this at my dining table. And then when I'm seeing patients, I sit in a different chair. <laughs> and for me, it's one of those things where in, in working at home, and I talk with a lot of patients about this, You know, we need to have this sense of this space is for this. It it creates a little compartmentalization to allow us both. Okay. I can make this space functional for me as well as I can still feel like it's a place that I can relax and, uh, you know, be in my home. Uh, Ideally, I'd like to have, you know, a a home office, uh, a room dedicated solely to these projects that I work on and, and, you know, meetings and things like that. But that's the kind of uh, middle ground that I've, I've developed, you know, kind of moving seats in that way. So that way I can feel like, okay, I sit here to do this. I sit, you know, in this other seat to do that. And I sit on the couch when I pretend I'm going to work, but actually not going to do any kind of work. Uh, so that's the other, uh, <laughs> the other space that, uh, I kind of allow for my, my work at home. Is that like I surf the computer type of thing and it might be doing some work, but I really, yeah. <laughs> it sounds like you're quite familiar with that, Daniel. Yeah. <laughs> I have my own, I have my own space for that. Like, because what I realize is if I sit and try to do something on the computer, if I sit in a comfortable chair and try to do something on the computer, it just doesn't, I don't get as much done as if I'm sitting at my desk and doing the stuff on the computer. That kind of means business. Let's get going on this. Yeah, exactly. I move around also 
um, you know, different places uh, in the home, um, you know, but as you said, when I'm doing serious work, I sit at my desk because it's the workplace. Um, but um, also, I was just going to say um, at the workplace, uh, we had at least four or five um, or maybe six counselors, educational counselors that they were working with the kids. And without exception, I don't know what they did that their room was the cleanest. They didn't have much on their desk. And it was sort of amazing that each one of them had the same desk and a style. You know, it was like nothing on their desk except their computer. And I was just wondering, is this part of their training? Is this their personality? Is this, uh, you know, it was, it was really interesting that uh, how they were operating. And of course, it was because mostly they were meeting the students, meeting their parents. But I was also most of the time meeting parents and students and teachers. And it was more like, you know, communicating. My office was like that. But I always had a stack of things on my desk. I had files, I had folders, and um, I always wonder how people operate that way, you know. And even though most of my stuff still is on the computer, my files and things I need, but still I have files. I still have information in front of me that I need to review. I still have books around me that I sometimes refer to. So I sometimes wonder, you know, one thing I know about myself, the notes, the cards, the things that I receive, I have a hard time to throw them away. I, I keep them, you know. I, I filed the cards. I don't know, it's attachment to feelings part, uh, connection part, but uh, yeah, you know. Like, gre like greeting cards? You know what I mean? Like cards people give you like for your well, birthday? It's, uh, it's different than just saying, you know, um, happy new year. No, mm -hmm. they're the writing in it oh, okay. in different occasions. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's, it's uh, not just the greeting cards, but any notes, any particular, you know, notes that affects my feelings, I keep it. Uh, Daniel, I was going to say, uh, you know, and say, hey, when you guys, you know, Daniel, when you're ready to help side day, get a little more organized, I'm busy that weekend. So I'm really sorry. You know, I can't uh, join you guys. Um, again, I realize we haven't said which weekend, but that's the weekend that I'm busy. So yeah, no, I, I definitely Alex, hope you guys uh, get a lot done. Yeah. No, Alex, <laughs> you know, I think you and I are pretty similar. You, you need, you need that too. <laughs> I know. Uh, that's why I'm busy. I'm busy cleaning up my own mess. Yeah. <laughs> no, seriously, it was so interesting because I'm similar uh, as you were describing. I am sort of in the middle mm -hmm. I, I don't have a mess because i can't work in a mess mm -hmm. but i have my own organization you know i have files but i have also folders so whenever i want to reach i can reach and and i know where to find things um so yeah it's it's different but anyways we got to the first break we come back and continue our conversation and we want to hear more um from dr rockers because he was the one who started this شنوندگان عزیز رادیو بامداد من سعیده ملک افزالی هستم به همراه دوتن از دوستان و همکارانم دکتر دانیل راکرز و دکتر الکسان رادی امروز در خدمتون هستیم ما روزهای شنبه و یک شنبه 
به زبان انگلیسی موضوعات فرهنگی و روانشناسی رو مطرح میکنیم اگر تازه رادیاتون رو باز کردین و صدای ما رو به زبان انگلیسی میشنیدین ما در مورد نحوه دکور کردن کارمون و محل کارمون مخصوصا این روزها که پندمیک شده صحبت کردیم اگر کسانی هستن در منزل که فکر میکنین از برنامه ما استفاده میکنن خواهش میکنم ازشون دعوت کنین برنامه ما رو روزهای شنبه و یه شنبه به زبان انگلیسی گوش بدن زمینم پادکست های زیادی ما در رادیو بامداد داریم که میتونین از طریق رادیو بامداد یا از طریق آیتون یا گوگل ما رو سرچ کنین و بر اساس تاپیک های مختلفی که هست در زمان های مناسب به برنامه ما گوش بدین برمیگردیم و دنباله صحبتمون رو ادامه میدیم سرنوشت را باید از سرنوشت شاید این با کمی بهتر نوشت آشقی را غرق در باور نوشت قصه ها را به دیگر نوشت از کجا این باور آمد که رود سر بر نگردد We are back with Dr. Daniel Rockers and Dr. Alexandradi. And if you just turn on your radio and you're listening to us, the first part of our show, we were talking about uh, our workplace, workspace, and um, Dr. Rockers started this conversation talking about um, how he prefers to set up his room. And for workspace, Dr. Andrade was talking about how different spaces in his um, room, in his uh, home. He is uh, specified for specific things he does. Work is work, uh, pleasure or relaxation is another place. Uh, uh, eating is another place. And um, we were talking about some people that um, they work um, with sort of mess or half mess but they know where things are and they're organized within their mess and some people need to be completely cleared um, and and have a very clean desk to be able to take care of their work and Dr. Rocker is one of them and I can imagine Dr. Rockers that everything must be organized in your place because it seems like you're a very organized person and I like to hear more and how you set up this um, and how, what do you do with papers? What do you do with files? Or, or I like to hear more. Teach us, Daniel, teach us. Uh, first, let's back up a little bit. I'm not militant about keeping this thing clean. I'm not probably the 
ultimate model here. The guy that I talked about, that's my model. That's like, that guy keeps stuff clean. He's the one to ask. I go through these phases where I don't really like piles and clutter, but at times those things do accumulate. And then I have to like, and then some motivation overtakes me. And I'm like, I got to get this cleaned up. This is driving me crazy. Having said that, I do know that some people look at, my kitchen and say, wow, you really don't like stuff on your countertop, do you? And I don't, I don't want a lot of clutter in my, on my kitchen countertops. I want them clean. I like them clean, helps me do this stuff better. I'm sure it probably sounds like I'm OCD and probably am to some extent, but whatever, it works for me and I like it that way. So, okay, but then. So, so no, you are sort of like me and Alex, because I do have clutter, but I clean up, everything is fine. And then I have clutter and then I clean up. So it's not like always every day clean. So um, before we started, I thought you have your desk at all time clean without any clutter. I would like it to be that way. Yeah, similar to me. But it's yeah. not really that way. You know what I think the real real test of somebody OCD is, how are their closets? Mm. And the reason I say that is because it's, it's not that big a deal to clean the stacks out of a room and stuff them in the closet. Oh, yeah. So then your room looks like it's fairly clean. But how are your closets organized? And how is, how is your storage stuff? storage areas maybe that's a better way of saying it yeah are those are those organized or are those cluttered that sort of gives to me that's the readout on those mine Alex. actually is better mine you know actually, daniel my yeah, closet is like, better than my desk i feel like i'm being judged right now you know i, I keep i feel like you're looking at me daniel you know <laughs> <laughs> well there's always room for gonna, improvement. That's what I always say. There's always room for improvement. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I'll say about that. <laughs> no, but but seriously, clutter makes makes me feel not comfortable. That's why you know, pretty much I keep my closet very clean and nice and organized. And I can't actually um, you know, really live when my closet is not clean and organized. So everything, and and sometimes, sometimes when I uh, rearrange things, I make sure all my clothes are with colors, you know, all colors are together, you know. So that makes me uh, feel so much more comfortable finding something, you know whites are all together, blacks are all together, different colors are together. So, um, you know, I like it that way and I keep it that way. So talking about, you know, closet, I think it's always so important to me that that part definitely daily is organized. What do you, how do you, but how do you, um, you keep like formal and casual stuff? Yeah, I have it in different places. No. No, different. You know, there are sections. My um, more formal ones are in one section, casual in one section. And you know how they're top and bottom. Uh, some some racks are, you know, shirts are here, uh, skirts are here. And then I have one for longer clothes and then two sections for formal or casual separate. Okay. And my so shoes also formal and casual are separated. 
So the first split is formal casual, and then within each of those, you do colors. Yes, absolutely. And it yeah. makes it so much easier when you're in rush and you want to find something. It's very um, easy to do that. And um, also towels or, you know, when you get to other parts, it has to be all um, by color and uh, rolled so they take less space. But talking about clutter, again, I know when you have more than what you need, you create clutter. And that's for sure. So you have to get rid of things as soon as you see your clutter. But how, Saide? How? How do you let those things go? Because like you said, <laughs> but I might need this later. Or yeah, there's this uh, you know extra you know double A battery that uh, I'm gonna put over good, here and, good and question, I might Alex. need it in seven months or something yeah, like that. I, or, or gift wrapping paper. I Alex, have gift wrapping good, paper. I could use it next year. Let me save it for a whole year. Here. Good questions. When it comes to material stuff, I am easier to let go. But when it comes to writings and notes and letters, you know what I mean? It's, it's interesting. It, it shows that the materialistic stuff, you know, I can get rid of very quickly. You know, we don't need these plates. Let some people who need use it, you know. I don't need these clothes. Let them, you know, go. But when it comes to paper, notes, uh, you know, things that, you may one day need it because other things you can provide easily. So thank you, Alex. <laughs> I did when I was in my mid twenties, uh, shortly after college, I did a, uh, I read a book on clothing and this guy advocated, he said, you should be able to reach into your closet at any point And whatever you pull out is clean and ready to wear, like if it needs repair, it's been repaired, and you like it, you enjoy wearing it, you feel good wearing it. And I really thought about that. And I looked in my closet and I thought, wow, well, I think some of this stuff doesn't apply. And so I went through my whole closet and cleared out a few things. And it was just a few things because I kept having this, well, this is still good. I could use mm -hmm. this or I'll wear this or I can wear this. And then I did a, I think a day later, a second pass where I had more energy for it and I could see it in a little different way. And I cleared out more things. And then I did still another pass. So I came up with this idea. I think that it, that can build on itself and you can get in a habit or get in a mode or a habit. And I think that for me was very helpful in terms of realizing to, how do you get past the, well, this is still good. I might use it or I can use it or I might need it someday. Oh, I yeah. like that, Daniel. It reminds me too, that idea. I, I like the past. I, I do really like that. Like give yourself permission to hold on to it a little bit more. Next time you come around, what's that feeling with it? You know, do you want to you know hold on to that? It reminds me of a, a therapeutic um, intervention that I heard of uh, when working with individuals who do, uh, who, who hoard or have hoarding behaviors is even being able to take a picture of the item and being able to kind of keep the picture because nowadays with our smartphones, it takes up a lot less space. You can still have that emotional connection with it. It's not something you're having to go let go of completely. Uh, the other technique or strategy that I found helpful, if you haven't used it in the last year or with clothing, if you haven't worn it in the last year, 
you really need to reflect on, is this something that you need to continue to hold on or can you donate it and think of, you know, that's something that somebody else could use or benefit from. So I think those things can help you too, as you're going through and asking yourself, do I need to have this just because it's still good? Okay. It's still good. Maybe that's reason to give it somebody who can enjoy it and will, you know, use that and appreciate that in a way that you haven't been able to, you know, give that material, uh, you know, fair, fair advantage to, you know, style, you know, Dr. Rockers in that way. Well, I've given away a number of things like that to friends. And what I said was, here's this thing, very usable. It's a very good quality thing. I'm not using it. I'll give it to you if you can agree that I may need to borrow it sometime in the future. (laughs) Not that I'm going to take it back. Just maybe I can borrow it sometime. And guess guess how many times I've had to borrow things back. Not many. Yeah. Never, yeah. yeah. So it's a it's a way you can begin letting go of that thing. Yeah. I like yeah. that. I laughed at first. My apologies. You I did I, laugh at I me, did. Right? I laughed at that because I was thinking if you give me something, you ain't getting it back. Uh-uh. Nah, you gave it to me. <laughs> like that's mine now. Like, yeah, hey, I, I that, that shirt I gave you, can can I can I wear that? Like, especially if I'm wearing it, then I imagine you being like, I like that on you. That's the one I gave you. Give it back. Take yeah, it off right now. Give it to me. <laughs> I told you I was going to want it back. Your interpretation of what I said. That <laughs> you oh, yeah. Yeah. That's why I don't let nobody borrow anything. Because, yeah. They're I, gonna be like... I was just thinking if you give me something and you say, well, maybe if I need to borrow, I can borrow. Then I feel like you're not fully giving this away. So I would say, keep it down when you really don't want to borrow it again, then give it to me. Oh, this really doesn't feel so good right now. What, where, where we're headed in this whole thing. I think I'm going to have to check out and do a quick goodbye. You know, well, we're, we're, we're therapists, but we're not on the clock, buddy. We're not trying to make you feel good. All right. So <laughs> yeah, you're doing, a, you're doing a good job of yeah. not making me feel good. Okay. You no, guys, no, I'm, I was trying to give a helpful tip. Here. No, it is. I think it is. And that's why I apologize. I think it is a helpful tip because I think it is for a lot of people. It can be hard to let those things go. And maybe that's that way of kind of telling ourselves, like, I don't really have to let it go. And so I can let it go a little bit, but I know the door can be open. But like you said, too, and I'm glad you concluded it with, you know, rarely do you actually ever do that. It's maybe just something we're needing to tell ourselves to assure ourselves, to comfort ourselves, because, yeah, that change can be. Uh, difficult. And and again, in all seriousness, I think this is something that I see again, you know, hoarding, we can say hoarding and hoarding behaviors, you know, you have it or you don't, I think it exists on a continuum. And to some level, there's things that we hold on to yeah. and there's a big emotional component to it. And so recognizing that is something that is present for us and, and, you know, can make it really challenging. And I've seen this in very, intellectual, very emotionally uh, healthy and attuned individuals where it's like, oh, like, you know, clean your closet. It's like, yeah, but I, but I need those or I can't let those things go. Also too, sometimes it, it com- relates to family of origin and uh, kind of financial uh, backgrounds in that way. If we grew up not having a lot or things being sparse, we, we hold on to those things a little bit more because we feel like, yeah, but, but what if, or something could happen uh, or we feel wasteful in those ways. And so it is something too, where there can be a lot of emotional underpinning. So again, my apologies, Daniel, uh, I do not mean to laugh at you. Accepted. Very nice. All right. Well, at the risk, at the risk of further ridicule, I'll offer one more uh, tip. 
Oh, uh, well, let's do it. No, no, no. I think, yeah, we got time for another clip. Yeah, yeah. Chip, no, no, chip. no, no. Wait, wait, wait. You guys are completely off from our conversation. <laughs> we were we were talking about workspace. Look where we are ending. This we could come apply back. to workspace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we come back and continue our conversation. Shanwandigan Aziza, Radio Bamdad. اگه تازه رادیوتون رو باز کردین و صدای ما رو به زبان انگلیسی از رادیو بامداد میشنوین ما روزهای شنبه و یک شنبه در رادیو بامداد به زبان انگلیسی صحبت میکنیم راجع به موضوعات مختلف فرهنگی روزمره و روانشناسی امروز صحبتمون راجع به تمیز نگه داشتن محل کارمون و همینطور چطوری میشه که ما بعضی چیزها رو سختمونه بدیم بره همش نگه میداریم و برای خودمون کلادرد ایجاد میکنیم برمیگردیم دنبال این صحبتمون رو ادامه میدیم از دل گل گل برانی در زمستان در باران زیر باران گل بکاری گر بخواهیم گر نخواهیم باقی Dr. Daniel Rockers and Dr. Alexandrati, the first two parts of our conversation was mainly about um, how um, 
our personality affects the way we live um, and the way we decorate our workplace, our workspace, and also uh, how we could get rid of things that we don't need. Um, some people are minimalistic, some people um, hold on to things, some people uh, they can live with cluttered and take care of their stuff. They can be organized within a mess and some people need to be completely organized to be able to take care of things. And we continued this conversation and now um, we are at the last part of our conversation regarding the issue of cluttered hoarding and um, how we keep our workplace clean and nice so that our mind is clear. I want to say for me, when my closet is clean, when my desk is clean, um, I can focus much more and better. So for that reason, I make sure uh, pretty much around me, things are organized in order to be able to focus on things that are important to me. So, for example, if I go to my workplace, um, which is, um, you know, my pretty much most of the day um, during the time of work, I'm there. Um, it's it has to be clean. Otherwise, I can't focus. Otherwise, I don't feel right. And when I come to the kitchen, if there are dishes that they're not washed or there, there are things on the oven that hasn't been cleaned. It just, my mind, part of my mind goes there. Um, so I have to make sure things are, um, you know, sort of clean. I, I'm not saying that, you know, it has to be super duper everything in its place. I mean, sometimes it's not, but generally speaking, the cleanness, the um, lack of clutter helped me to focus better. How no, about I think you that, guys? Yeah, no, I think that organization piece is so essential too. And thinking of, uh, I was thinking of my my office space. It's funny. One of the things I've noticed is I'm not so invested. I mentioned the little trinkets and things like that I have in my office, but I'm not so invested in the the decorations. Uh, I have a, a office mate who we share the space, and I am okay with having decorations, you know, be things that he handles as far as like pictures on the wall and things like that. So yeah, I know it can be one of those things where it's important to have the space conducive to what feels comfortable for you. But also too, sometimes it feels like work, like to decorate. It's, you know, it's something I find even in my house, like it takes a while for me to put stuff up on the walls because it's like, okay, yeah, I have maybe an idea or yeah, I got to make some holes in the wall or I got to measure something. Uh, I, I always think of it, all of the, all of the things I can do to organize a space, actually putting things on the walls is, is one of the, one of the last things that I do, or one of the things that feels just like a little bit more intensive. I don't know. That's, that's the main thing. Is that what that is? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. I noticed that seriously, if women were not existed, men would not do all these things that we make them do. You know, I, I always feel I'm, I'm generalizing, but seriously, I see it around me that if women were not involved, things would be very simple, would be very casual. It's always women who like to decorate, who like to make things look better. And I notice that around me, and we always talk about this. What is it that there? It's in DNA 
of regardless of culture you know you talk to women you talk to men men are simple and easier and if they would just live by themselves they do things so differently than when a woman is involved all of a sudden decoration is different all of a sudden bidding is different kitchen stuff is different you know you talk to men they go well, pot is pot. You want to cook something, you know, pan is pan. Why should we get this and that? And I noticed that when you talk and we have a conversation with a bunch of men and women, they usually have this conversation. You know, you walk in and there are a bunch of men sitting. They don't care about if their glasses are matching, if their plates are matching. Plates are plates, glasses are glasses doesn't matter but women everything pretty much has to match everything has to look good you know so that part also is um, part of our daily life I don't know what you guys think I don't know maybe it's cultural that I'm talking about maybe Persian culture because in Persian culture I see that it's it's women who always wants to um, you know the hospitality of a woman is different. I, I do want to say I have gotten better. I, I think it's a maturity thing too for guys, whereas as you become an adult, I know we've been on meetings. You guys do see my background. I have things on the wall. So I have grown and mature uh, in that way. I am very particular too, though, about the things that I have on the walls too. For example, it's funny because I, at, like I said, in my office space, I don't care. You know, it's like you could put up whatever you want. But in my home, one of the things I've been really big on is almost most, if not all of the pictures that I have in my home are photos that I took in places that I visited. I don't like having those stock photos on the walls and being like, oh, what's that? And being like, oh, I don't know. I got it from, you know, Target. I don't, I don't even know what that is. I just put it on the wall. Each of the things that I have to decorate my home is representative of me. And for me, that's very important in, in my home space because I feel like that makes it more mine uh, is, you know, I can look at the, the pictures and, and reflect and reminisce on a place I've been, uh, an experience that I had. Uh, so that's for me, very personal, very important. And I think as I'm saying this out loud, maybe because in that workspace, I think of it as that is more for the patient that that place is kind of comfortable and you know uh, more space for them to reflect and and be so having too many personal things in that space starts to kind of take that away from them again just off the top of my head just that thought i agree with you because i've been in um, some of the psychologist offices especially women it's so much a stuff and I think it takes away the attention, you know, I, you probably have noticed that too, that is too many artifacts, too many items and too many um, paintings on the wall. I agree when you walk into places that is uh, just light. Uh, the the set the setup is more light colors. They're not much on the walls. It's calming. You know, I agree with that. But also I wanted to say that um, in a way it has to 
represent you as well, who you are, but maybe in a subtle way so that you think of patients, you think of, you know, who you are, but I, it's very personal. I've noticed that when I walk into offices that things are light colors, especially when it's white, like the sofa is white, the chair is white, they're not much on the wall. You just feel calm. Uh, it, the energy of the room uh, doesn't um, affect, you know what I mean? It's like every piece of items and paintings, they bring energy. And then when there's less, it's calming for me. You know, I don't know what you guys think. Dan, Daniel agrees what do you think? wholeheartedly. I agree with all the sexist comments. That <laughs> Thank you. I was just waiting for you to say, hey, you're becoming sexist. What are you talking about? And that's why I was careful. I said, it's my observation. It's not anything by research or it's not different cultures as in my culture. And the discussion that we always have among men and women and men admit that if women were not, and they always joke about it, that they have a bunch of men friends over. And then when their wife walks in, they immediately change the setting. They immediately put nice plates. They immediately change the glasses. But men are, are uh, just using disposable, you know. And, oh, I, and I they don't. Care. I, I will not. I, don't I like will not disposable. use disposable. I know. I don't. People I don't tease like me, it. and I'm okay. They're like, "Why don't you just use disposable?" I'm like, I "No. Yeah. I can take two seconds to wash a plate and feel like I'm in a nice home eating a meal. All right. Like, yeah. I, if I'm at a barbecue, great. I'll use a disposable plate at a party. Great. But it's like at home in your everyday life, like that's just come on, like <laughs> you can you can wash a plate. It's not going to take you that much time. I promise. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Dan, Sorry, Daniel. I interrupted. Sorry. I'm really passionate about that. I interrupted there. Sorry. <laughs> it's all right. I don't have an issue with that. I just never have got into the this is men, this is women type of uh, discussion. I kind of just think that that the within group differences are greater than the between group differences. I, and I think that if we, when we, as soon as we throw it into men versus women, then that's where we've gone down a different road. I'm not saying there aren't tendencies and I think sometimes it's very useful, but yeah, I don't necessarily go that way, but I can see what you're saying. I think in general, a lot of that does tend to run in that way. Who knows where it comes from? It's probably some type of, I mean, there are clearly differences between sexes, so genetically. But then you decorate your house beautifully. I mean, yeah, uh, talking about men and women, I mean, I it, you have a beautiful decoration, beautiful house. Everything is meaningfully placed, and I um, I really like the way you you do decorate your house. And maybe that's part of your creativity. Everything Probably. makes sense, yeah. Probably so. You know, I've used in my practice, used the Hogan inventories, personality inventories a yeah. lot. And they're based off of the five-factor model. But one of those uh, aspects that they're looking at in that is the aesthetics. And it is, you know, do you pay attention to those things? Are those things important to you? Are your How important are your surroundings? And certainly there's differences. Some people, that's very important. Some people, it really doesn't matter much. 
Yeah. So I don't know. I don't, I Absolutely. enjoy hearing. No, the but then talking about men and, and women. No, no, seriously, you actually um, are. Yeah, it, it's not about women and men, because I noticed that everything about your house and the way you run it, it's very um, smart, very, you know, nice. So, yeah, I take my words back about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you don't have to. There is now there is the other difference between creating and maintaining that I've noticed for myself. I like the creating of the thing. I am not very good about the maintaining of the thing. Jan's, oh, really? very, Jan's very good about maintaining the thing. And like every week does the cleaning, does the stuff, straightens up. And I mean, even before, like she would always, when she was working, clean the desk, close the computer down, everything's clean. There's a, there's a thing about the maintaining that I think is a little bit different than the creating yeah. too. Yeah. I try to maintain as well, because then all of a sudden it piles up, you know, I mean, if you don't maintain, yeah, I, I, it's yeah. seriously, whenever I'm done and I want to close my computer, I have to clean um, the surrounding and around the table and everything, because then I feel like the next time I come to the desk, um, I have to manage everything, you know, otherwise it gets really busy. And then especially when you have appointment, when you have uh, meetings and stuff, you want to come back to it when you're ready to go rather than at that time start cleaning up. It just right. takes away from your focus. That's such a good point. It's a good yeah, you're not, yeah, you're not able to just jump in and start creating, start working in that way. Yeah. All right, so we got to the end of our program, and um, you know, time flies. So we want to each um, say statement about our conversation, um, and to go back to our focus. We talked about workspace. We talked about you know how we set up our place and cleanness and that type. So if you guys have anything for the ending part, please chime in. Did you scold us at one point to get back on track? That's what I'm <laughs> Well, sometimes you guys go off. I have to tell you, I have to bring you back because the joking and humor part takes away and I have to bring you back to center. It adds, Saida, it adds. Oh, of course, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. <laughs> You're all to a limit. To a <laughs> all, the, all the joking inside, all the joking and sidetracking to you, Saida, is like, People taking long goodbyes at the door for me. Oh, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's what that is. Huh? Probably. That's, I that's... suspect the long goodbyes like drive me crazy a lot more than this drives you crazy. <laughs> okay. You have to put up with us. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I would say I just, I think that to know what your preference is and uh, see if you can stick by that. But also, are there ways you can improve? You know, what's a small thing you can do to improve yeah. your own workspace to make it more efficient and work for you? Like that tip that you just said, Saide, I thought was wonderful. It's like, and it makes so much sense. Clean it up when you leave so that when you come back, you can jump right in. I think that's wonderful. I love that. So that's, I'm echoing that sentiment. I, that's great. 
Yeah. And similarly, I think we touched on several important kind of uh, actions that you can implement. And so that's definitely one. Uh, and I'm completely blanking on the other ones right now, but uh, go ahead and listen to the show again. And then you, <laughs> and you <laughs> you'll remember. Yeah. Yeah. No, but uh, again, it's one of those things too, where just uh, what I wanted to encourage and, and leave with listeners today is just you know, just sit in that space where you're working, whether it's at home or in person and just kind of look around, you know, and ask that question, you know, how's this feel right now? And if it feels like it's something that can be adjusted or changed, you know, just even a, a couple of things, you know, Daniel, you touched on this earlier with the cleaning of the closet, just maybe move around a couple of things or, you know, dust off a couple of things and see what that feels like. And maybe look at it as a gradual process to make sure that that workspace is reflective of how you want to feel in that space. Uh, you know, we all need to work. It's part of everyday life, but that doesn't mean that we have to be uncomfortable in the space that we're in. So if you can make some tiny adjustments, sometimes it can help you just to feel a little bit better, a little bit uh, more in ease uh, in that space. And I want to say the less cluttered, the less um, busy places uh, gives you the sense of comfort and calmness. So it's important where you are decorating, where you are. If you're at your home, obviously it's your place. It's the way you do things. But when you have guests over, also think of the guests, how the pathways are clear. How do you want to sit them? Um, you want to make them comfortable too. And in your workplace, obviously, you want to like it, you want to feel comfortable, but you also want, if you have visitors um, at work, you want them to feel comfortable, especially with uh, therapy and psychological work. Obviously, calmness and clearness is important and the coloring. Um, and I've noticed that with different colors, and we know psychologically, colors have a lot of meaning and a lot of emotions and energy create. So uh, the lighter color brings more calmness. So with that, I want to thank my friends and my colleagues, Dr. Rockers and Dr. Andrade. And like always, a great conversation. We enjoy uh, sitting together and talk together. And I hope our listeners enjoy us as well. So have a wonderful Sunday and a great week ahead. We come back next week to converse about another topic. چه سرد و سخت زیباست موج این دریا گرد خواست سر گذاشتم سر نوشتت سر گذاشتم
بخوام لشکر غم را به بر فلک سخی نمانده این زمانه هر بزن تا بیکرانه سرنوشت را باید از سرنوشت شاید این با کمی بهتر نوشت آشقی را غرق در باور نوشت قصه ها را از کجاییم با برامد که گر روید سر بر نگردد سر نبه بسیمی از سر نبه بسیمی از سر